It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Got some reaction to Wednesday's show with Doug Norrie of Locked On Nets both about uh, the potential role that DeAndre Jordan could play with the Lakers this year, but also whether or not the Lakers may have had the Nets in mind when they were putting the roster together this summer. We'll talk about that, as well as Carmelo Anthony's comments as he gets out and promotes his new book. All that coming up on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Want to let you know that Thursdays on the Locked On NBA Podcast, Jackson Gatlin Gatlin and Matt Moore are telling you whose NBA stock is up and who is down. Follow the Locked On NBA Podcast today on YouTube and wherever else you get your podcasts. Um, Speaking of Andy, stock up or down, I was not particularly up on the stock of DeAndre Jordan when the Lakers have gone through it, pretty clear. I, I would rather they have kept Mark Gasol were that an option. Um, but if you miss Wednesday's show, go back and listen to it. Um, Doug Norrie of Locked on Nets, somebody who's watched Jordan up close with that team for a couple seasons, um, made me feel a little better. Talked a lot about how if you contrast what they did in Brooklyn, very switch-heavy defense, um, obviously trying to spread the floor in a lot of different ways with what they're going to be doing with coverages with the Lakers, more drop coverages, closer to the rim, all that kind of stuff. For the role that the Lakers might need him to play, DeAndre Jordan may be more capable of filling it than, uh, than skeptics might say. And at the very least, Andy, you can't necessarily use what happened in Brooklyn last year, particularly once he was taken out of the lineup, as your evidence that it won't work in Los Angeles this year. Yeah, I mean, the, that question of whether or not he ideally would be playing 15, 20 minutes a night with the Lakers, given the context with Anthony Davis being preferable as a center, that's a separate question than can he actually do it? Mm-hmm. And it, it also reinforced a lot of my reaction that I had to the original Jordan signing we talked about on the post was just, I, I want to hear more about what happened in Brooklyn, period. Because as much as data is definitely useful and you and I make use of analytics and try to look up deep stats and all that sort of stuff, you also need to see a lot of what happened to create those stats in order to really understand it. Yeah, context, and with, context matters with any form right. of data. And with DeAndre Jordan, we didn't see a lot of it. And it, it reminds me a lot of what you and I used to say a lot during Brandon Ingram's rookie year. Because the national coverage a Brandon Ingram was that he was having a terrible rookie season and that he was looking like somebody who may have been overdrafted and people often looked at those analytics as a way of like reinforcing that opinion and they weren't good but if you were like you and me and you watched all of Ingram's rookie season we saw every single game you would see handful of moments in every single game where you're like wow an 18-year-old 
should not know to do that or shouldn't even be able to do that. And you'd be like, I get what the Lakers saw in him. I get that foundation. He's going to be really good. You're just going to have to have the patience for it. Mm -hmm. You and I, from the rookie year on, believed in him. And it is in part because we saw him. It's not that the stats were wrong. It just didn't tell you everything. Right. And, and, and because, because and look, for large majorities of games, he wasn't good. The results weren't good. The 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 shots did not go in <laughs> as mm -hmm. often as they needed to and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so it's not like the numbers were necessarily lying. But yeah. also, too, it, it also gets to, you know, the idea, too, that people just make very quick decisions and they just decide stuff um fast and you know it's a different context with DeAndre Jordan they see you know what what year is he in now year 13 or whatever um there's there we know what he is and and all of that um but I, I just I think it's for me like you know there's just there's so many questions about it as we've we, we've talked about that really aren't so much about Jordan as they are the team, <laughs> which is what I think is so cool about this this discussion and this signing, is that it's it's it is about more than him. There is the the question of, you know, how much should he play at all? You know, um, is he a better person, a better fit than Marcus All, um, and all that? But eventually, you get down to the even if you disagree with the philosophy of okay, if they're going to ask him to do fifteen minutes a night, pretending he's Javale McGee from two years ago. How capable is he of doing that? And I was more hopeful by the end of the conversation than I was at the beginning that at the very least for those purposes, mm -hmm. Jordan still could have some, some utility for this team and fill that role capably enough um, to, to get by. That, that said, like, you know, what you do with the rest of this roster, though, is going to also going to be interesting. Like there, there are rumors this week that you know that the Lakers are, are working out Kenneth Fareed, um, the manimal. <laughs> um, and look, I, I when Kenneth Fareed, like the the years he was good, um, you know, and he has not been a relevant NBA player for a couple of years now. He played like nine games in China last year. I do not think the Lakers are going to actually sign Kenneth Fareed because uh, you know when you go down the list of of things that they need, undersized. Um, you know, center power forward types who cannot stand more than six feet away from the basket. And even at their peak were God awful defenders is not high on that list. Like I don't see that as being something that fills out Rob Palenka's bingo card. There was a part of me, like you said, that, that is hopeful that this is just him, I don't know, doing a favor for Kenneth Farid or his Reed agent or, his or, agent or whatever. whatever. Like for fan, like people listen, that is, incredibly common to yes. do that or it's just due diligence like hey, kenneth freed's out there we haven't seen him in a while bring him into the building that, that I mean, look if kenneth Fareed is actually sniffing this roster i i will say this right now i'm going to have serious questions about rob palinka's creativity as a general manager and frankly his like awareness of the league like if he actually knows who's in it <laughs> because like there, there are better ways to do it than Fareed. It, 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 it'll be, it gets to what they do to fill out the rest of the roster. Cause you know, they, they, I, I, I think they're not, I don't think they're going to do anything quickly unless something great falls in their lap. And a lot of fans, you know, we've seen a lot of reaction, uh, cam brothers, uh, cam that's the brothers, gmail.com. Like, Oh, it's, this opens up space for James Ennis. No, it doesn't. You know, like James Ennis would be on this team. If, if he was, he being Ennis 
was cool with what the Lakers could offer. He, I don't think he is, or at the very least, he doesn't see a need to take it today because the offer is not going to change between now and training camp, between now and somewhere else and all that stuff. Or there's no offer. Or there's no offer. I mean, despite James Ennis doing his absolute best and making it happen by (laughs) by liking every single tweet that ever comes up about the Lakers, like he must just have his search on at all times. And like he's hired a staff that just likes anything Mm -hmm. mentioning the Lakers, anything. It's, it's look, I mean, he'd be great to have. I mean, there are, but there are, he's like John Cusack and say anything with the the boom box outside Rob Palenka's window. It's, um. It, it, it is definitely, we are in a, the reason I think this is like, we are at a point like, okay, it's James Ennis. All right. Well, who else? Wes there, Matthews. May, yeah. And Wes, um, another guy who either if the Lakers were making an offer knows where that offer is going to be, either likes it, doesn't like it, but does probably in no real hurry to take it because the offer is not going to change. Maybe somebody, something happens in train camp or whatever. And those guys end up with a better offer for themselves. Um, the other, the other big thing that came from, our interview with uh, with Doug Norrie was kind of a larger conversation about why the Lakers may have uh, reconstructed their roster this offseason. Um, the Nets obviously are an offensive juggernaut, potentially if they stay healthy, like maybe nothing the league has seen outside those, you know, the, the Warriors teams of a few years ago. I I'm wondering, and I'll, I'll, we'll talk about this next. We'll play a little bit of that uh, part of the interview that we didn't use for Wednesday's show, and I'll ask you this question, though. How much of what you think the Lakers did this offseason was to compete directly with the Nets in mind, particularly with constructing an offense that could compete with their offense? We'll ask that question next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Direct TV Stream. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You've got another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And then you've got your best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend who heard from this guy who knows this kid who's going with a girl, her login for the mm. good stuff. So I Ferris mean, is dead at 31 flavors. Exactly. That, <laughs> this is how both your TV and the rumor mill gets out of control. And there's a simpler way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and your on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite shows, movies, and sports all in one place. No juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter, the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device is required. Content varies by package. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So uh, one of the things that we talked about in our conversation with Doug Norrie from Locked On Nets was their defensive construction, how they play offense. And I w- I'm very curious as to sort of philosophically how they put that team together. So uh, here is the question that I asked him. How much of what the Nets are doing, you know, in terms of, of 
their strategy yes. and all that is to is to overwhelm with offense in a way that you, you know, like you feel like you either you need to score every time down um, because you're not going to get enough stops. Like how much you know how how much of that is to whether it's to speed you up to get you out of your game and all that kind of stuff is central to their strategy because to me that's that's a fascinating aspect of why the Lakers may be looking for more offense this year is to compete with that where, you know what, I don't care how good of a defense we construct, we need more firepower to compete with a team that can score against any defense. Yeah, so the Nets kind of showed that this is this is a path. when the, the, the Warriors could do this too, and there's some overlap between how I think these things play out with the Warriors. I don't think they're the same defensively as the Warriors, but – there's a tenant in basketball that your defense becomes better the more you – it can become better the more you score because you start from a better – one, you don't get caught in transition as much. You can reset the defense. Like the Warriors used to play super fast, and sometimes people are like, oh, they play super fast, but they also played super fast and awesome on, and defense. Awesome on defense. And so one of the reasons for that was when you score every time down the court, you are, you're not getting cross-matched. You're not getting out in transit. No one can get you in transition. No one can kind of catch you on your heels because you just are able to move back down the court and de defensively reset yourself. And so one, I think that is actually, you always want to score more. Yeah. You know, like you need to score more points to win, but the, some teams that can understand that a little bit better will say, Hey, the more we score also, it will also lighten the load for us on the other end of the court because we're just not going to get caught in disadvantaged situations. And so I think that's where they start. Also, it's also easy to forget like Durant's a, Durant's an excellent defender. Um, some of these mm -hmm. guys are super versatile. Harden's actually when he is engaged as a good defender, <laughs> and he was pretty engaged last year. So like he's he's competent at def defense. Kyrie played fine on defense last year because they were all really engaged. And so I think they want to overwhelm you simply because they can. Look how close they came to beating the Bucks with just Durant, no Kyrie, and a at best seventy percent Harden, and they came within Durant's toe of going <laughs> of winning that series against the Bucks. And that was just because you. Just you couldn't stop Durant. <laughs> he was unstoppable when they had when they focused all the defensive attention against him. If you put the other guys on the court, it's really just a proposition that most teams can't do, and they just know that that if that's going to be the, the the equation, that is unsolvable for other teams. The Warriors kind of got it too. It was like, hey, if we have two guys that shoot this well from three, one guy that can roll to the rim, and anybody that can do anything else, it's going to be oh, and they put Durant on the team. Sorry, I forgot about him. And they put Durant, Durant on the team also. What can you what can you do? This this team is built like that in terms of offense. It's not they don't have Steph, but they're yeah. these guys aren't far behind them. Like the Warriors are a comp like this for how good they can be on offense when they're all things are clicking. It starts with Durant, but these other guys are just so they're just they can just absolutely overwhelm you. So good luck. All right. So a couple things in there, Andy, that I think are are exactly right. The first one is something that we've talked about for years, going back to the Phil Jackson era defense part of your defense is predicated on your offense and if you don't it is it is difficult to be an elite defensive team particularly in the playoffs when you're playing other good teams without having at least a pretty good offense because you like as he says you're always you know shuffled up wrong you're never balanced because you're never there the other team's never taking the ball out they have more opportunities to run and all that so your defense and your offense are 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 always linked I, you know i think that's absolutely true but then he says, like, like the, the the Nets are designed to overwhelm with offense. Um, and I think there is some truth to that. Like, I don't think there is a defensive team that's good enough necessarily to stop Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. Like, that, that's too good. 
And that puts an enormous amount of pressure on your defense to hold every single time, particularly if you don't think your offense is that good. So my question to you, the Lakers, we talked about, did not have a good offense last year. How much of what you think they did this offseason was designed to create an offense that could compete with a team like Brooklyn with the inevitable understanding that it doesn't matter how great our defense can be, we're going to need some firepower to get through a final series like that? I would imagine a fair amount. I mean, the Lakers needed to juice their offense regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we've seen that over the last couple of years. It just got too clunky at times, even when they won a championship. And, you know, it's not a coincidence that they won a championship during this period in the bubble where their offense often was better than it had been regularly during any parts of the 82 game season or or before everything stopped. You, you know what I'm saying? Like sure. yeah. it got better at the right time. It is not a coincidence that getting better at the right time led to winning a championship. Like I, I say a lot, defense does win championships assuming you can also score. And like that part of it is really, really important, not just practically, like, you know, you literally have to put more points on the board than your opponent, you know, in order to win the game, but also psychologically, it is really, really difficult to keep playing championship elite level defense when you don't get the reward of the scoring that comes with it. Like the the defense is the stick, the carrot is the scoring. I mean, that that really is the way things work. You know, in, I think in basketball and often just, you know, in, in sports, any sport. Clearly, we, someone is not a Byron Scott hard hat guy, Andy. <laughs> well, I mean, we love Byron. He's been a friend of the where's, show before. Where's your hard hat, Andy? You know, I mean. His, the You're not an old school Frank Vogel, let's win 42 to 39 kind of guy. Purdue I mean, versus Wisconsin, nineteen fifty-three. I've said before, Frank Vogel's ideal basketball game is one that he wins two to nothing. I mean, that's his, that's his wet dream orgasm for a basketball game. But the reality get an is, early bucket and lock him up. Yeah, but I mean, the reality is that's just not how it works, and I I think it becomes quite mentally taxing for a team out there just knowing you have to bust your ass defensively. And you won't get that reward. I mean, it's yeah. just it's that's the that's human nature on a basketball court. And I think his his comp there. I mean, it's not that he's going out on a limb, Doug, with with comparing the the Nets of this year to um, those Warriors teams. But I think the comp is is obviously applicable because one of the things that made the, the Warriors so challenging for other teams was that you like the, it was the psychology that you talk about, the mental fatigue that comes with understanding that. Okay, here they come again. I got to get this. You got to get stopped every single time down the floor because if you have three bad possessions in you know in five, they could put up fifteen points, hitting three three pointers on your you know on your bad ones, and then hitting two more three pointers on your good ones because Steph is going to hit shots, KD is going to hit shots, Clay is going to hit shots, even if you do it all right. And I and had the the net stayed intact this this uh, playoffs, we would have had a better version uh, idea of how that would work. But I think that's kind of what you're going to see with that team um, is that same pressure. And that jacks up both your defense, but it also jacks up your offense. And you start rushing, you start taking bad shots, you start making bad choices. And the reason I ask is like, you know, the Lakers obviously sacrificed some defense this off season. And, I try, what I'm trying to kind of 
kind of tease out here is how much of that was maybe looking forward to what the potential finals matchup is and how much of it was just a byproduct of we've made the choice of going with Russ. And once you go with Russ, now you're back on that treadmill of one year guys who might be good at offense or defense, but it's hard to choose both. But they definitely chose offense everywhere that they could, except, I guess, for, you know, Bazemore and Ariza. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess they try to get both, but I, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think, I think they're looking at them and they should, they should look at Brooklyn and being able to compete with that team. Well, I mean, if you're a team with championship aspirations and you go out of your way to, you know, be will, built to win right now, you have to be looking at the competition. You have to be thinking about potential matchups, you know, in the same way that teams have in the past reacted to the Lakers when they've won championships or reacted to the Warriors when they won championships and that you start, you know, putting up more of a premium on spacing and shooting. I mean, they, you know, it's a, it is a copycat league in a lot of ways, not even because necessarily general managers and front offices are lazy. It, it's because they're reacting to what's in front of them. And if they think it's a trend that's real, they, they have to be able to match that. The good news though, I think for the Lakers is, you know, while, Russell Westbrook and everything that came from that is without question a gamble to some tangible degree. I do think that if it works, it's going to work really well. Like it's one of those things where if they figure out how to make LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and the questions that seemingly come with those three and as your focal point. Right. If <laughs> If you figure out how to make that work, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to work just fine. I think it's going to work exceptionally well, and, and that can alleviate some, not all, but some of the on-paper defensive concern. Um, if you're looking for along Andy's lines of the things that could really work well with Russell Westbrook and how he can change them, Pete Zayas, our friend who is now with the Lakers, uh, of course, the Laker Film Room podcast, has a phenomenal yeah. video. Just go through his, his timeline up on Twitter at Laker Film Room. Um, that really breaks down Russ. Plus, it's cool looking, um, as as all the videos Pete does are. So check that out. It, it'll it'll make you excited about the uh, the whole Westbrook thing. Uh, Carmelo Anthony Andy has a new book out that is a very different book uh, at its core than I think some people might expect in terms of uh, coming from an NBA star. But he does discuss, uh, or at least in some of the the promotional work that he's been doing for the book, has discussed some things about coming to LA. Um, including why it didn't happen earlier. And we'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever, covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew, and they are healthy. They're great for health-conscious people. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight, low sugar, low calorie, high protein, high fiber, great for keto diets, and they taste great as ever. You got the 12 original flavors like raspberry, coconut almond, salted caramel, banana bread, new flavors like cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, cookies and cream, and they're perfect for someone like me. I just love really unusual taste combinations. You get to, you know, mix things up. It stays very, you don't feel bored eating like your, you know, same thing over and over. So go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked 15, you get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code locked 15, 15% off builtbar.com. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by betonline.ag. Football, it's back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another season. It's week two, Andy. It's coming right up. Week one was pretty darn fun, if you ask me. Yeah. Betonline, as always, your number one spot. That Monday night game was crazy. 
Um, Bet online, your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. I've heard college football starting also. Don't really care as much about that, but you do. Uh, with new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. So you head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Uh, that's double your initial deposit just for signing up. So don't forget to use that promo code NFL100 to get a 100% welcome bonus uh, from football, basketball, boxing, right down to your Vegas favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports favorites. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Um, Carmelo Anthony had a an upbringing that I think even by the standards that you see from a lot of athletes, who many of whom grew up in difficult circumstances. And all that Carmelo had enough had had some stuff. Um, his new book, uh, which is out, is all about that and, and a lot of uh, and what it was for him to grow up and, and kind of become the person uh, that he is today. Where tomorrows aren't promised, a memoir of survival and hope. Um, I haven't. I mean, I'm really looking forward to having a chance to read it and hear him talk more about it. Um, in doing though, some of the promotion for the book though, he ta he's talked a little bit about this year's Lakers and how the age thing is overblown and blah, 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 and putting a premium on winning this year, which is sort of what you might expect. But there was a lot of other really interesting. <laughs> no, the real news would have been, you know what? If we win a championship, great. Yeah. If not, I'm cool. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not. Like, you know, is there, Carmelo, do you feel urgency to win a championship this year? I mean, hey. be nice. <laughs> but either way, I'm in L.A. So you guys, you guys I'm good with in it. LA. You guys know I have any idea how rich I am? It's like, <laughs> I'm in the hall right. one way or the other. But um, I, I thought the most interesting stuff um, was really was sort of how he talked about the timing of, of coming here, because as you as everyone knows, this is like the culmination of like a like an 11 year pursuit of Carmelo <laughs> Anthony coming to 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 the Lakers. And he kind of talked about why it finally happened. I think this this particularly in an interview with Esquire, but it's it's popped up in, in a few different places just in terms of. Uh, why now versus why not before? Yeah, he uh, he was asked about why it wouldn't work before, and he said that, quote, I was already established. I was already established in Denver. I was already established in New York. These were my cities. Denver was mine. New York was mine. These are my cities. So, you know, being in L.A., that was somebody else's city at the time. That was Kobe's city. That was my brother's city. Probably wouldn't have worked back then, me being at that particular point in my career. And this, Brian, really reinforces something you and I talked about a lot you know, back then when, when the Lakers were making these pitches, particularly at a time where Kobe was still recovering from that Achilles injury and, you know, frankly was not the same guy. It was exceptionally complicated. The prospect of just joining the Lakers as a superstar in your prime, because there are things that you look for as a superstar in your prime that you're not going to be able to get you know, playing alongside Kobe, who rightly built up that type of equity, not just within the franchise, but the entire city, like the, the level Fans, of the, media, the level, yeah, all the level, it. the level of adoration and, and loyalty and true, like emotional connection that this city had with Kobe, like that's on a level with magic, like Fernando mm -hmm. Valenzuela, like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Shaq, you know, you could say like Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush, like these are mm -hmm. really 
rare connections. No, but like, you know, but Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, no. I mean, it's here's the thing like, Kobe became the lens through which not just other basketball players were evaluated, all athletes were evaluated. Did you have the Mamba mentality? Was mm -hmm. it winning at all? Like, you know, were you the guy who was pathologically in the gym at 3 a.m. and left the following at 2 a.m.? Like, you know, you slept for an hour and just, you know, came back. Like, Upside down stuff. like a bat. Right. Think of what Powell went through as a sort of super, uh, a star, but not on quite that level. You know, I mean, like, no. you know, always definitely cast as the B. Um, you show up in this town while especially while he's still active and the shadow there is insane the the you know you're going to get the blame from the fans you're going to get the blame from the media and all that stuff and it's different you know than joining like this is lebron's team that was kobe's team this is lebron's team but, but it ain't LeBron, lebron's city no it's not his city lebron has said as much he would never claim la is my city it's kobe's city he knows that it's kobe's franchise he knows that it's lebron's team there's a difference and but the fans don't have the same loyalty um to to lebron that they do kobe i'm not this is not even factoring in that kobe is no longer with us like this this is true under any circumstances um and so you know it just it is a different deal and it was different than playing with kobe it was different than being the next star in after kobe i mean hell no i don't, I don't want to do that no, I mean, it, particularly too, I, I think the part where Kobe was in that diminished form, but it was still his franchise and things were still going to center around him. It created this awkward dance or, you know, this potential dance of if you were Carmelo Anthony or if you were at that stage, you know, specified that stage, LaMarcus Aldridge, mm -hmm. some all-star or better caliber player being brought in who was at that point better than the guy whose franchise it is, you're going to feel like you are stepping on Kobe's toes by succeeding. Like by just actually going out there and excelling, you are stepping on Kobe's toes. Even if Kobe is 100% welcome, welcoming towards the whole thing, even if he is just happy for whatever happens with the Lakers by virtue of that superstar playing so well it's still incredibly right. awkward yeah, there was there was no clean there was no clean way to do this it, it, nope. like you said before and this was something we used to talk about you know well before the Achilles tear like that transition from Kobe people used to talk about all the time how that you know d during Dwight 1.0 you know Right. Dwight needed to just demand the torch from Kobe Bryant. Like he needed to say, this is my team. That torch was getting passed when Kobe damn well said it was going to be. And I can tell you that moment. It's when he was done playing. Yes. If then, <laughs> if then, and, and you know what? Be passed to Dwight right. But, and, and to be clear, Kobe earned every bit of that mm -hmm. juice and space. This no is not question. a criticism of Kobe. But it, so, it no, it's, it's a it's a recognition of reality, yeah. and and I think and it just and we'll, we'll leave off this. It's especially precarious for 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 these guys, these stars, to come in when they look at it, especially with Kobe, you know, per, certainly post Achilles, but even you know later in his career, knowing that oh, I don't think we're quite good enough. Let's say it's mm -hmm. one thing if you you know you walk into like a team, it's like you know what we, it's pressure, it is, uh, it's difficult, it's gonna be hard, winning championships always is, blah blah blah, but. 
man alive, like this, this is a great team. We got a real chance to win tight. Like we, we can go do this. And if I have to take some, some bleep on the way to do it or put myself at risk, if we fail, fine, because this is, this is the real deal. They weren't going to be good enough. Nope. And, you know, a LaMarcus Aldridge centered team with Kobe or, you know, slightly put like that wasn't going to be you needed lebron james and anthony davis and all that stuff to come in and make that thing work and so there aren't a lot of dudes who can do that um and so it's one thing to do it in a situation where you have a chance legitimately to win a title and it's another where you're going to get you know the 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 downside of it and not the potential to win and um the sort of the 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 challenges that come with playing with a kobe on the downside of his career so um it, we're going to have a fr- great show on Friday. Adam Maris uh, from the Locked On Network is going to be joining us, Locked On Nuggets and all, uh, and all kinds of other stuff. Um, but uh, we also, I think, probably will maybe even do it early next week. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar started a substack and did an inter- great interview. <laughs> of with, course uh, he did. Of course he did. Uh, with uh, Mark Stein, who also has a substack, and uh, said some really fascinating stuff about player empowerment and his own legacy that we'll try to get to early next week. So that's all stuff to look forward to. Make sure you sign up for Locked on Lakers on YouTube. We'll see everybody next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.